How's it going? Good, man. What do you got there, Striper? You do? Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll love, you'll love his wall. It, it'll remind you of your room in college. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that cool. I didn't have a Striper. I needed them. Didn't have Striper. Ebay. Remember, you had all those... Um, We'll, we'll get into that. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that that Jason has no idea is gonna be. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, my snowball isn't working. Snowball. snowball. I'm getting snowballed. I just sent everybody home so they can get home before the parade starts. Oh man! So so you you've got like it, it's about to happen. Yeah, it's going down. It starts about two weeks before the Derby. And you, uh, you you have a big air show and then all kinds of things during the week. And then people are at the track now. The big races start today and then tomorrow and then Saturday is the big day. So, so Mike lives in, um, in Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. Put a bunch of rocks in your mouth. Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> Not good? Louisville, Imagine how I would have said it in my drinking days. Exactly. <laughs> you probably would have said it correctly. <laughs> Likely. Welcome to the Insurance Dudes, a podcast for insurance agency owners helping us to think of different ways to optimize our business and our lives. On this week's episode, we're honored to have the president and general manager at DAC Digital Marketing Executive from Louisville, Kentucky, Michael Korak. He controls ad spend for clients with budgets as high as $140 million a year. Insane. You may even get a story about a serial killer. That's next. Mike and I go go way, way back. Way back. Like, uh, yeah, back when NWA was on the radio. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we, we went to, we went to U- University of Arizona together. We lived in the same house. We're going to tell you a, a, a very interesting story about yeah. that that I'm going to we'll we'll have some fun with but um i'd like to bring valuable content to the listeners and if yeah. there's anybody that that you know we've had some pretty tremendous guests but but getting mike on here you know aside from the personal and, and him being awesome uh, and a really good dude uh his his knowledge of of how the interwebs works and and marketing on the internet at a very high level so much different than what because we've been dealing with some of these little ad agencies and, and, you know, some ad strategy, but, but from a, from a 40,000 foot view, and that's where he sits because how many people are, are you in charge of now? I pay, my office pays for 150 or so. And we're 500 people now, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Different yeah. scale, right? I don't think even in, in our world, there's anybody that has close to 500 staffers under them. No. So, yeah. Right? Different, little so, different. Yeah. So why don't you just why, why don't you jump in? Um, we're pretty loosey goosey and and uh, just want to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll do a little intro. So yeah, Mike Korak. I run the southern region of DAC, and DAC is a what we call a performance marketing agency. So all digital. Um, our clients uh, have some sort of real outcome that we measure. So we don't work with people like Coca Cola or or craft macaroni and cheese branders. We're working with, with people that have service areas or are trying to get sales. So retailers, um, you know, could be quick serve restaurants, uh, you know, some sort of hybrid home service, that kind of thing. So 
um, those kind of clients at, at big spend. So we might have, we, my biggest clients got a $40 million digital media spend a year. That we're running. Yeah. And it takes, Whoa. it takes 16 people full time to do it. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of stuff we're working on. Um, we, we are considered a mid tier agency. There's, there's some that are, you know, 10,000 people. Um, and then there's some that are like a hundred and we're kind of, we're kind of in the middle. So, you know, good clients for us are ones where we can do all the stuff that we can, uh, do through performance. Uh, we've got some larger clients where we do pieces of it, but if we've got our way, we're doing search and social and content marketing and, uh, all that kind of stuff, email, those, those sort of things. So that's, that's kind of all I've really done, uh, my whole career. Agency side. Uh, I, I remember when you started, because yeah. we've been going back that far. I think we, the uh, maybe the intro to our career on the internet was those chat rooms. <laughs> right? What was your? You had a handle like Captain something. Ma- Mas- Master Blaster, and we would we Master would, Blaster. That was it. Right. And we would speak in only caps, and then and we would get thrown out of chat rooms for yelling at people. <laughs> yeah, all, all caps. I'd be like, "Hey, dude, turn off the all caps." He'd be like, "No, no, no, we gotta get." Master, master, what, what kind of chat rooms were you guys in? It'd be just nothing. <laughs> nothing sports. Nothing. Um, CompuServe, and yeah. remember, like AOL, when you had to get the CD. Yes, like that's, that's what it was. Like we'd get kicked out, so we'd go down to Circle K and get a new a new yeah. CD, so we could get a new login to AOL. And collecting the CDs for a while. What did we have? A box, or we were stacking them. We had. I remember that summer we had hundreds of them. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah, we'd tell people, look, anytime you see those AOL (laughs) CDs, just get get them and bring them over. We'll give you beer. But but back to back to the spend. This is fascinating. So to put. Huh? What's that? Oh, I was saying pre pre Netscape. Oh Uh, yeah, pre yeah 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 it's it yeah it was it was those days or um d- yes and uh yeah aol was probably as sophisticated as it was probably then yeah which look at how full circle right I, I, i'm fascinated with this ads this ad budget when you yeah. say 40 million a yeah. year yeah. to put that in perspective that's a hundred and nine thousand a day if yeah. you're advertising every day right and so is that across it's like, is that just Facebook or is that Facebook, YouTube, uh, you know, yeah. what, what, how do you spend 110 grand a day? Well, in that, in that case, it's actually just search. So it's Google, Bing, those kind of guys. Um, and then some of the products that go with that. So Google display network or, or, uh, oh, okay. um, but yeah, we we're, we're pitching somebody right now who has a total digital spend of, and I can't say who it is. Um, for NDA, but you, you would be able to guess. Um, and I think they're 130 million a year, and that would be oh. that would be search, oh. social, and display. And that's that's a bigger one, but that is not the biggest one I know of. Not even close. Um, they're actually not even the biggest one in their industry. So the difference between what I saw early when we were first out of school, um, where you would be happy to get one percent of advertising budget, and that and today is that. Some of these companies I'm talking about are taking 50, 60% of their total marketing budget and putting it online. And that's, that's crazy. So when we were first out of school, if you remember, we were talking to clients about why you might need a website. That's how old we are. 
Um, <laughs> and, and, and I would get requests from big companies that they'd say, here's our brochure. Can you make me a website? And I'm like, no, that's not how we do it. We don't put brochures. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, that's what, what, 98? What is that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now we won that national championship. Yeah. And now we're watching them, you know, whack out their full radio spends. You know, they're out of print for, for most of them at that point. Their, their TV spends are changing, right? So they're going online. So it's, it's kind of same dollars that they had in the pool. It's just they're directing more of it online than they ever have before. Why? Because it's measurable and because every one of us in every uh, study that you will ever see um, goes online to do our homework. And that's mm -hmm. totally true in insurance. So, you know, you, you are probably, you know, in most cases, you're two, three times, depending on the, on the uh, topic, maybe six to 10 times, you know, hitting the internet, getting different pieces of information before you're making your decision or before you're calling somebody to get you over the hump, right? So, you know, consumer behavior is changing. People want to learn for themselves, self-select a little bit more, right? So, so it's that kind of interest that people want to get, get ahead of. Um, and then companies are seeing that, you know, in, in, in my opinion, it's not even marketing. Um, it's really kind of just communication, right? Consumers want to communicate in different ways. So, you know, customer, uh, uh, companies are trying to find ways to get in that conversation and talk to them. That's very little marketing in that. You know, it's really kind of just being there when somebody raises their hand a lot of times. So it's a, it's a different world. Um, and it's very measurable. So, so I think a lot of our corporate marketing teams that we work with in some ways are really the sales team, you know, and, and sometimes the customer service team too. And they're, they're getting right in front of conversations and, and uh, engagement in a way that, you know, they never have before. That's awesome. And then people buy things. <laughs> <laughs> And it works. <laughs> Did you start with the company when it first started? No, this is the fourth agency I've been at. In how old are we? Twenty years now, huh? Since we've been out of school, twenty-two, something like that. So I think it's longer. Is it longer? We're creeping up on twenty-five. Oh, I can't think about it. That's that's so old. That's where all this. I keep this hair short. I always have, but look how the gray just pokes through. Even I know you got it too. Oh man, I'm. But hungry. but luckily, look at yeah. back. Ooh, that's got, pretty good. We got all the hair. We we have all the hair. Yeah, yeah. Me too. See, that's it. Yeah, I always knew I'd have all the hair. It's like carpet. I did twenty three in me. It indicates that I will not go bald. <laughs> good. That's good to know. I got that going. I got that going. No <laughs> offense to anybody that's bald. Yeah. Because it looks great. It does. Are. It does. I'm, I'm losing it. You're, See? And we love bad. you. It doesn't look bad. Eh, it's, it's covered up. But yeah. Yeah. You I get think this the worst wet is, and you see it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I think the worst is when you get to like half and half and you just got to make a decision. And those, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping right. I'm. So, yeah. Where you have no. the band, the headband of hair. So that's kind of awesome. Nobody rocks that anymore. It is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You bring it back. They should call it the you headband. It. I like that. <laughs> the headband? I mean, if you're going to, you know, there's the mullet, and that's something totally different. But You could still rock a mullet headband. Yeah, you could. Wow. That's next level, and that's why we love you. You're yeah. always thinking way outside the box. Yeah, yeah. How, how long does it take to grow the mullet part of that? Probably not that long. Well, which part is the mullet, the long hair part or the short hair part? We have to define which is which. Point. 
good yeah, point. That, that's not growing, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's already done. Business in the front, oh, yeah. party in the back, right? Isn't that what they said? That's, yeah. That is what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have any? So my, <laughs> I, I'm curious. So we've talked a little bit back on the subject. Um, okay. I, I I love it. I, I'm so I'm so fascinated with the whole marketing side of of business. Um, yeah. And I'm so fascinated with where we're going. I see a lot of these littler agencies pop up. And a lot of classes and a lot of people are getting involved in that. Um, They're down here. You're up, up there somewhere. Uh, So how would a smaller agency, like, like tell me the difference. How would a small, how would you get into it? And then how would you scale it? Yeah. Well, well, it's just two different worlds. It's pretty different worlds, but it not one, one's not better than the other. I know agencies that work with just small businesses that have a ton of people, thousands of people, and all they're doing is small business work. And I know, you know, and obviously, as I explained, we're kind of in the middle of the bigger agency sort of pool. And I know ones that, and I've worked out ones that are super big too. So, you know, it's, it's a, I think there's a different expertise that comes with working uh, with companies that are at different levels, but the agency size and and uh spends and those kind of things can be pretty equal depending on their specialty so you you'll see some um agencies uh that make every bit as much money as we do or or could add their media up to be the same amounts of of dollars but they're working with thousands and thousands of small businesses right so um but uh, you know, in terms of just scaling um, in the agency business and, and what we do, you know, I, I firmly believe it's, you got to be good at what you do. That's, that's kind of table stakes. But then after that, it's, you know, who do you know? And have you done a good job networking over your career and, and uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, they'll, they'll say that I'm pretty good at sales at, at the agency. And I'll tell you that I'm not. Um, I just have been doing this a long time and I've helped people do good on the company side. So when they hop jobs, they'll give me a call and, you know, want to do it again. And, and, you know, that's been, that's been very helpful for me. So, you know, I think, I think networking, getting out there, doing this kind of stuff, webinars, speaking, you know, meeting lots of people, that's, that's really the trick and there's no shortcut for that. And what, what kind of, can you list some of the companies you work with? Some of the bigger ones? I can, I can, I can list a couple. Um, some I can't, some I can. Um, so bridge Bridgestone's one. Um, Bridgestone's uh, kind of our bread and butter type of company. So Bridgestone is the tire manufacturer, yeah. and, uh, global, right? And we will do advertising, uh, more, more on the advertising side that's helping with brand. So Bridgestone and Firestone and all their brands. They also have their own stores. So they are uh, selling tires out of their own stores and uh, doing car repair. So up here, we're doing brand work there. We're trying to push people into stores um, so they can, they can become customers and, and uh, grow lifetime value. And then another part of their business is partners um, or, or dealers of theirs. So it could be a Costco, um, somebody big like that. We're down to sort of mom and pop shops. And then there's the whole B2B side. Um, so, you know, big giant tires for mining. These things are like bigger than your house in cost. 80 grand a tire, right? So there's, there's that whole side of the business or, or fleets or that kind of thing. So really a client like that for us can look like eight or 10 different clients because there's a bunch of businesses within it. So 
when you talk about those big spends adding up, it's because, you know, you're working on lots of, lots of different um, brands. Um, another one that we work with, uh, uh, GE, which you guys are familiar with, and here in Louisville, they have their big appliance kind of kind of network, and, and the biggest part we work with there is um, the service side of that. So we're making sure that technicians are visible and, and uh, are getting that kind of business for, for repairing products, that kind of thing. Um, a brand new client for us, uh, TGI Fridays, whole different world, restaurants, <laughs> and, and we're onboarding them, right? So, so it might be something like that. Um, uh, a different one we have is ARS, and they are the nation's biggest emergency plumbing and uh, heating company. So you know, walk in your house, which has happened to me before, and you've got a flood, and you don't know where the water is coming from. You call those guys quick, and they come to your house and, and deal with it. So lots of lots of different kind of clients. Um, yeah, uh, and, and across the agency, but but the common. Um, piece for it that's kind of our expertise is you you either have a store somewhere or you're trying to service a locale so anything that's got you know a local uh, component of it and then has that enterprise piece too that's a good fit for us that's cool yeah were you gonna say something craig no i was i thought you were and we kept we keep on each other so yeah i'll just just observe um (laughs) Another question I have is, so take us through the process of like, uh, what it would be like a client coming to you and what you look for. Like, what are we, the different, I, I, I imagine with somebody like Bridgestone, you, you, you know, segment all those different parts mm-hmm. and then figure out goals and how to achieve those mm-hmm. results. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we're, we're usually presented with either a business problem or they're shopping a vendor for a service. So, and, and, and at this scale, it usually looks like an RFP. So it's, it's very rare that a marketing, you know, director or VP could just go hire a new agency and bring them in because you know, the fees are so big and the, there's a lot going on there. So usually they're inviting you to an RFP process. So that first conversation may be, Hey, do you, can you hear the, the sirens in the back here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's and and it's not for me. Um. <laughs> oh. So, okay. That's on your end. We, that would be a good podcast. That'd be. Good. They busted down that window behind you. That would be a great podcast. Exactly. Yeah, people would want to see the video. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you put yourself client side, um, and you're a CMO, CMOs last about a year at a company on average right now not very long and they're flipping jobs all the time and it's high pressure, right? So there's constant conversation to say, what is new out there? What, what else could I be doing? Could I improve? And, and, you know, they want to do right by their company, but you know, their lifespan at that company is not very long either. So it's, it's pretty dog eat dog and brutal. Yeah. Really brutal. So we're having conversations constantly. We're getting questions about, could we do better? That kind of stuff. So, so it's, it's usually one of those two. And, and usually you end up with, if it goes good, you're into some sort of RFP process for a tactic. You go, you go pitch it, hopefully you win. And then that's the start. So with, with a Bridgestone, for example, we started with a small paid search contract for one of their store brands in a geography. And so it was very small. Um, and, and it was a test to say, hey, 
let's see what you can do. And then we had to beat out other agencies and kind of grow it over time. So um, it, it, can you win the whole thing and get the whole piece of business out of the gate? For sure that happens too, but it, more often than not, you're, you're talking about something smaller, you're getting a chance and you're, you're kind of proven uh, your worth through, through results. That was not true 10 years ago when all of this was so new that companies were just looking for, for help from agencies. Oh, can you do that? Okay, great. You know, let, let me bring you in. I need to do it, right? So the market's matured and, you know, companies are getting pretty smart about how to shop and, and you know, make sure that agencies can, can kind of do what they say they're going to do and, and produce business results. But, but uh, yeah, a lot of that's about performance right out of the gate and, you know, hey, we've, we've had a bad three months on my first three months on the job if I'm the CMO and I got to turn that around quick. You know, can you help me? What, what am I missing? So very different times. That's crazy. You got, you got that battle between or the, the balance of, or the, the battle of balance, right? Between driving traffic and sales to yep. brand. And, totally. and what do you usually, like, what do you dive in and start with? Or is it some yeah, mixture? Good question. And I, and, I, and I know this is true for your all's industry too. We're, we're almost always kind of starting bottom of the funnel and, and auditing up and then seeing, you know, what, what changes will make the biggest impact and prioritizing that and kind of then moving up through brands. So when I, when I talk about the funnel, you know, if it's, if it's a bottom for you guys would be a quote, probably, you know, an insurance quote or something that that's the last online thing you can do um, before you have to talk to somebody to buy. Right. So, so we would look and say, okay, what's that landing page look like that's asking for it? You know, is there changes we can make there and that kind of stuff. So, so that's, you know, and if, if you had your search hat on, that might be a brand, you know, look. So somebody's typing in the brand, they, they, you know, are you visible there? And then you're just starting to move up the funnel to things that are less and less likely to convert. And, and uh, the thought there is that if you can, if you can fill that top and you don't, you're not leaking anything through the funnel, then you'll convert more at the end, right? So, so you know, starting starting with the bottom of the business and then kind of moving up. So, landing pages, those conversion um, opportunities, that's number one. Then it's usually in brand kind of oriented, like you know, brand search, like where's my Firestone Complete Auto Care in you know Tucson, right? And then you know what what's the next up? Okay, I've got a you know my tire popped or whatever, right? That kind of inquiry where it's like, you're pretty likely to buy a tire right now if you're typing that kind of thing in. So that, so then we want to spend our money there and then up and up and up and up. And then, you know, it's uh, the top of the funnel, you're creating awareness and that's that's super important. Um, but if you don't have the rest of it to catch it, once you've done it, it's kind of a waste of money. So we are mature enough now though in attribution where we can see that all those things really do work early kind of in digital marketing, people would just spend on the bottom because they couldn't tell if the top was working and driving people through. But now things are getting sophisticated enough where you can see it. And then people like Google are doing some pretty interesting things too. So um, on some of our big accounts, we have access to see store visits. So we can see if somebody types something in, we got them to a place of ours, did they actually end up in one of the stores? And we can optimize to that. So think about that. That's kind of crazy. So if you've got any Google property open on your phone, they know where you're at and what you've done. And, and that's Holy pretty hard God. to not have one open because it might be wow. 
It might be your calendar. It might be that you did a map search. It might be, you know, who knows what, right? So, so that kind of stuff's happening now. Facebook does that too, that kind of thing. And that's, that's the, do you give Google permission to do this? And that's what you just said. You said, follow me. Right? And you, wow. and you have, you it's have a human, right now. it's a human pixel. Like you, yeah. you don't need the, the pixel season in the back end on Facebook yeah. or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's on you because, because yeah. you're carrying it. Yeah, that's it. So, so a client that might've challenged us before to say, I want to, I want to tie everything you do down to a sale may now say, Hey, I trust my store to convert people. I just, I want you to get people inside my store, you know, push all your efforts towards that. So it's, so the world's changing quick. Um, and that's kind of the, you know, back to your other question too, why is so much money going to digital? Well, it's cause you can prove things like that. You don't, you don't know that from a television ad, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it doesn't mean those top of the funnel things aren't important too. They do create awareness, but more, more kind of understanding of the full funnels kind of where, where we're at right now. And, and the data that's coming behind that is pretty, is pretty important and pretty eye-opening. Yeah. Like Budweiser can spend, I don't know what the 50 million on a 30 second ad in the sure. Super Bowl, And right. there's no way to quantify and measure no. the return no. on investment on that. Right. No, no. but for years, it. for, for decades, they've yeah. been doing it like, which yeah. is just remarkable. Like that's how much money there is in the big brand. Yeah, that's it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It does work for sure. It works. Does it work as good as it used to? No, because we have so many as consumers, we have so many other places where we spend our time. Right. And we don't, we don't have the patience to watch ads who watches live TV anymore. Not too many people, not, not compared to the old days. Right. So they're still going to do it on your phone when you do. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're, you're still going to, you know, see, have some part of the population doing it, but now Budweiser's got to go find you in other places too, but it keeps awareness going when you're in a store. If you've seen that, you know, you may be more likely to buy, they, they know what they're doing, but yeah. Yeah. In the old days you knew nothing. Um, you, you literally would turn on a bunch of advertising in a market and then you go look at sales numbers when they came in and hope that you saw a lift. Well now you can see things that happen in digital and start sorting it out a little bit more. And it's so targeted that like even seeing that lift after the Super Bowl, there could have been other stuff that happened. Who knows? And it's not even real data. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and if you're smart, you're filling the whole funnel during that time. Right. So it's like concentrations is the way you kind of handle that. You want some always on, but you, when it's selling time, you want to really hit it everywhere. So Super Bowl, Facebook ads, you know, all the way down. Yeah, you see a lot more pre, uh, pre-marketing ads into Super Bowl and a whole bunch of stuff around it before and after that fills that. Yeah, it's like the old days with Black Friday. Do you remember when that was one day? Used to be one. <laughs> now, no, it's yeah. like, now, now it's like all year, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Black Friday's coming. Yeah, exactly. We're having a we're having a Black Friday announcement sale. Three months before Friday. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, So to kind of tie it in with insurance, um, what would you like your knowledge on this on marketing is incredible. Um, what would you do for somebody? A, what questions would you ask us as insurance agents if you had us as a client with our giant agencies, right? (laughs) But um what kind of questions would you ask us? And then what, where would you kind of take it? 
Yeah, and 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 to be honest, uh, insurance is a really competitive uh, field. You guys are good at marketing. You know, the, the advertising is pretty sophisticated, and there's a lot of noise there. So it's it, it's a tricky industry to to kind of break through. You can't do it with the basics alone. But if you're not doing the basics, you're you're you know you don't have a shot. So. You know, um, I, I, I'd say first off, you know, the, the kind of questions I would ask would be, you know, we, I'd ask you a little bit about where you think your weaknesses are, you know, and, and where do you think you have, uh, you know, people falling out of the funnel, basically, and, and try to dive into that. And I'd start poking around too. But, you know, kind of what I was talking about before with a bottom up look, I'd want to see real quick, you know, do you have your map locations, you know, sorted out and do you look good there? Are you ranking for general insurance queries in your geography, you know, and start trying to pick apart, you know, where some opportunities may be. But it's always important to kind of understand from the business, you know, what's your perception of where you might be having problems. And sometimes we find that what might be perceived as a marketing problem could be a customer service problem, right? Like maybe you're doing everything right, but your, your ratings stink on Google and that could really be bringing you down or, or that kind of thing. So, so you've got to, you got to come in eyes wide open. Um, but yeah, I don't want to understand where you think you've got opportunity. I don't want to audit kind of against a general game plan and, and see if that lines up and then kind of make a plan to start filling gaps that you've got in the strategy um, and then doing more of what's working. Um, is, is a lot of it, but, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a super competitive market. A lot of you are tied to bigger brands too. So you've got to figure out how to, how can I be that brand in this area? And then probably also muscle out the other guys that are doing the same thing as me. Well, that's hard. So, you know, you really need a full funnel kind of, uh, approach to be able to catch everybody that you can. And, and I see what, um, uh, Craig does uh, personally, and I, I like it. I think it's I think it's really good. So you're learning something along the way. So give give yourself more credit than that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, had some, I've had some great mentors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're, it, but you you've also taken the steps to go do it right. And I think that's where you see most people kind of fall down. It's a lot of people have the right ideas, but do you have the gumption and will you put the time in to actually go do it? And Craig, you know, it takes takes a ton of time, right? Like you got to be really into it and dedicated. And you can't do it for a month and go, ah, it didn't work. I mean, this is forever type stuff, right? So it's, it's hard, um, but, it's, but it's really necessary now. Well, and that's what this, that's what this whole podcast helps serve too, right? Yeah. We, we, we joke a lot about how this is the most fun of our week yeah. is because this is the non-insurance stuff. But yeah. at the same time, um, it, it helps create those connections, right? I have now have you on the show. We had Nick Ayers on it earlier. We have, you know, we're going to get Hartley. We're, we're going to go after Bear, you know? So, so it's like you, you get these people on, they create those connections and it makes it even more fun. And, and then we're helping get this information out, which in turn will give us recognition for our agencies yeah. and, and also drive some traffic over to Agency Vault, right? Yeah. So there's all of these different moving parts, yeah. but when we're helping, yeah. Right by just bringing the information, I mean, likely nobody in in our space would have ever heard of Mike Korak. Yeah. Right. And yeah, no and bringing yeah. you and your perspective, I think, is hugely, vastly valuable to our yeah yeah yeah. Our, and, our and, yeah yeah yeah. And I get a lot out of it too, and and I believe in it too. And I and I think you you said a really important word, being helpful, and I I believe in it. You know, that's a that 
is that is a place where not a lot of people will take the time. And if you can do that, it does come back to you. You don't know when you can't quantify it, you know, but it's many, many touches of that always works out. So yeah, right. I was in, I was in Houston last week, you know, and I spoke at a local AMA chapter, American Marketing Association. And people are like, why are you doing that? And I go, I've done 300 of those probably in my career. And I've met so many people and for sure it's paid for itself. I can pick out a couple of places where I got clients or, or I was able to hire somebody because I met them, you know, at one of these things or whatever. You, you can't quantify it, but if you keep doing it, it will work. You know, it's just more touches and meeting more people really. That, it's back to execution, right? Just, just picking something and sticking with it and being consistent. Yeah. which is a constant motif here. Um, yeah. You know, people will come to us because now we're the ones with the gray hair and they want the answers. They think that we have all the answers. Right. And it's like, look, it's, you know, we had Knopf Singer. You don't know his name, but he's a, he's a real big agent up in, in Michigan. He's kind of okay. quiet and low key, but he talked, he goes, look, it's, it's, it's not challenging as long as you follow the basic metrics. You know, how many yeah. quotes did you do? What's right. your closing percentage? You know, like it's, it's yeah. over and over the same things come 100%. up, right? 100%. Same with what you said, you know, like, look, show them the bottom of the funnel and work backwards, reverse engineer it, right? Yeah. You don't need to reinvent it every time. No way, it's, man. And no way, there is a game plan. You may vary 20% because of who you are or your specialty or whatever, but these things are done. They're out there. You know, it's, it's, you don't have to invent something new most times. You just have to be consistent and do it. And I, and, and, I, and I like what you said, consistency. That's the hardest part. Because, man, sometimes it is. sometimes you just don't feel like it. Sometimes I'm right. on a plane and going to do that Dude, stuff. But, I know, missed two gym days in a row, and now I'm freaking yep. hate myself, you know? And <laughs> it's just like so quick. Yeah, yeah. It can happen. It can happen. I've missed a oh. lot of that. I went last Well, week. That's good. <laughs> you're a food eating champion, though, and I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> Oh, I gotta hear that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. But uh, I'm no, that was. Just, but, yeah. but we could pivot to the story. So, okay, so let's go. this is a lot of fun. And and remember, this is uh, before the internet existed. I I think right. This was. It it would have been. BC? Tom had that computer, but I don't think it worked very well. It, it's the disc days, right? I mean, it's it's a it's around there. It's probably what are we talking about? 95, maybe something. It had to be yeah, 94, 95. And yeah. so we, yeah. like all college guys, were ordering pizza. It started, the story started with ordering some pizza. Yeah. And I believe that you were the one ordering the pizza. I was. So let you say what happened. Yeah, so, so uh, it was Cardinal Pizza. Um, Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Pizza would give you like an extra large, extra large, like the big, big one that comes in the crazy box. You could get a cheese for like five bucks. And maybe a topping was another dollar. Really? It was cheap, cheap. So um, uh, we were nearly vegetarians back then, not out of choice, just we were broke. So you'd usually go rice and beans. Yeah, 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 exactly. Rice and beans, rice and beans, beans on rice, rice on beans. Maybe mix them. Those are three different meals. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so yeah, so I, so I'm living big. Probably got some tip money from Time Market, and I'm gonna order myself a pizza, and it's. It's a regular night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I'd say, and uh, studying for a midterm. And I give the guy our address, and he says, oh, I used to live there. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, small town, that's cool. And he's like, do you know what happened there? And I'm like, what do you mean, at our house? And he's like, yeah, do you know what happened at your house? 
<laughs> I'm like, no, what happened? And he's like, he's like, well, I'll tell you more. I'm going to deliver your pizza. But there was a serial killer that lived at your house. And I'm like, Come on. yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he's like, he's like, and his name was the Pied Piper of Tucson. And I'm like, that is the lamest serial killer name. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be true. And I'm like, okay. And then he comes and I, and I meet this guy and, and, and uh, he talks it up a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I've done a bunch of research. They got books at the library, whatever. It's real. I'm like, okay. So bring the pizza in and I should be studying, but what's in my head? And I know we had the internet then because we did dial up um, into, I did dial up into uh, the U of A library and about, and there wasn't much you could get, but I put in Pied Piper of Tucson and I just watched in the slow, slow speed. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All these listings. Oh no, it's real. And it's like, Time Magazine and like, you know, big publications and, and all this stuff. So again, I should be studying, but now it's, it's way. <laughs> so I don't even, I don't even know if I ate any of that pizza. I probably had one slice. I go down to the library voluntarily, mind you, and, uh, and uh, go pull out one of the big, you know, binders of all old Time Magazines. And I just dumb luck opened it up. There's the spread. It's black and white of our house. And of then there's <laughs> On the cover, Time Magazine. So, so you're just scanning it, and it was this creepy, creepy guy. I don't remember his name. Schmidt, something Schmidt or Schmitty, Schmidt or Schmitty. I think he like died that. now. I mean, it was happened a long time ago in the yeah, '60s yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, so keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's great stuff. <laughs> so he, uh, he was probably like he was short. He's like five four, you know, five three, five four. And, and he's this creepy looking guy um, and he would wear these big boots and stack them with like beer cans and stuff. So he would look taller, like five, eight or five, nine. And this is, this is like hippie times, right? So kids would disappear, they'd run away, right? So he was, what, well, part of uh, what he was doing was helping people disappear. So he was, he was kidnapping or bringing, you know, girls over to the house or whatever, and then burying them in the desert uh, when he was done. So back, Crazy. yeah. And then, the, the thing that freaked me out the most when I looked at the picture of our house is it was missing two rooms. The only room that was there, because it was like a cottage, <laughs> the only room that was there was mine. And then when <laughs> I read the story, I'm like, oh, here's the girls you killed in our house. Sweet. In my room. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so something oh that even God. takes it next yeah. level, because that was already crazy. But we yeah. had this little dog, and, and her name was Kimball. And, and she would like go into corners of the house and like like look up at this and just bark like randomly like oh, at dude. the walls like we after we found all this out we were freaked out like mortified uh, yeah we eventually you know pretty quickly moved out of there i think at maybe six months it took yeah, a little it was, time it wasn't much longer and then and then we tried to we tried to get out of our lease do you remember this meeting that we had with our landlord wasn't his name bob cole bob <laughs> With it, with the we had one eye that would would look look at you, and then another eye that would go somewhere else. And, <laughs> and uh, and we're like, hey, when we rented this thing, you didn't you forgot to mention that there was a serial killer in this house killing girls. And he's like, I only have to mention that if you were buying the house. Renters don't need to know. And and yeah, thanks. We want out of our lease, and he's like, tough. <laughs> so, yeah, too bad. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. get out of our lease. We had to stay another six months and the dog would, then we know it. Like, I, I think like she had always done that, but we didn't realize, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. 
And then if and, you, uh, I don't know if yeah. you remember this. Do you remember that punk rock kid I knew from the radio station that was super Catholic, which none of that makes sense as a combo, but, but we had his uh, priest come over and run, oh, yeah, yeah. run through the house and, and give it a blessing. Cause we're like, like little extras. <laughs> we're like, we're like, cause at this point we're convinced it's also haunted for sure. Right. So yeah. Yeah, we're all we're freaked Weird out. Stuff would happen in there. Yeah, right, right. It was bad things. the dishes would never get done by themselves. Yeah, I know it was crazy. <laughs> Why did that happen? <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah, yeah. So that guy ended up getting prosecuted and put in jail. And back then, Tucson was a big mafia town, and the rumor goes that his parents kind of talked to those guys, and then somebody got him in jail pretty quick after the end. But yeah, the was, end. Yeah, so. Wow. What do you think about that, Jason? And fellow yeah, that is gnarly. That's, <laughs> that is a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about yeah, it's, it's so odd. You don't usually come in contact with living in a house that a serial killer lived in. So. No. Did you, no. no. How was the backyard? The, how you, was the backyard? Yeah, Remember you, the sinkhole? There, there was like the yeah, uh, yeah. The sinkhole, man. There's a million stories on that house with the with El Guapo and the getting frozen underneath the refrigerator. Remember that? Oh, yeah, oh, good old Guapo. <laughs> Lizard? Yeah. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, we had a we had a monitor lizard that was like three and a half feet long. Like you know, whole nother thing. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> I somehow feel that me saying that was racist or something, right? <laughs> I, th- I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, okay, but I think, I think he, uh, he was a different kind of killer. I mean, we're, we're still, we're still <laughs> on the killer train. Yeah. Um, he, did, he did attack me and latch yeah. onto my arm, and we had to actually drown him in the bathtub in order to get him to release <laughs> from my arm. <laughs> so he channeled uh, the Piper. Yeah. yeah, he did. He was possessed. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. The piper was was floating around the ceiling, um, or the dogs would bark. But then, yeah, ended up in the lizard. It had to be what happened. I think we're losing listeners now. So, so both of you guys said, "I'm going to change my life. I don't want to be living with dudes in places that we got to we got to get out and do marketing." Yeah, that was it. So, so that house is gone. They've leveled it and put in an apartment complex. So, good riddance. Yeah, it, it's good. It needed to be done for sure. The neighbor's house is there, the guy that we would call the asshole, but likely we were the assholes. Yeah, we were. That's, that's how that worked. And that poor guy, how many times did he get robbed while we lived there? Like Multiple. Yeah. We didn't because of Mookie. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was nice having a dog that people were scared of and a lizard inside if they made it. We did have a, another dog that would bite everybody's <laughs> grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the good old days. Oh, and it's all true. Amazing. <laughs> I have one more question about marketing. Okay. A lot of little back. For the one person. <laughs> the one person left. Stay on. <laughs> um, you see a lot of people doing personal branding now. Yeah, right? Are you guys involved in any of that? Um, or... Yeah, we don't do too much of that. We're we're, we're more company side, but it, but I suppose you know we're doing it for our agency thought leaders, right, and our CEO and and uh, you know those kind of people. Um, 
when we see strategies around that, that's you, that kind of works usually go into a PR firm um, in our world and, and out of the marketing realm a little bit. Um, er, early days, the PR firms weren't quite digital, digitally savvy, so you'd see more of that in marketing firms, but now today that, that might end up on the PR side. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're doing it, and I think we have to, right, for, for various yeah. reasons. We're, we're doing it for the same reason you all are doing it, right, trying to get business and, and you know, get thought, thought leadership out there, finding ways to be helpful, um, so it's important. But yeah, I wouldn't call us experts, but we're trying. <laughs> and so, so you guys market your, yourselves? I think so, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 sure, sure, we need to. Um, in, in a lot of our kind of conferences, if you want to speak, you have to have some sort of track record, you know, um, and, and uh, have built up a following and that kind of stuff. So that becomes important. So on that side, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but it's amazing. It's, it's kind of what we were talking about before with any industry, people are doing their homework before they hire you or they buy or whatever, right? So you know, we, we, it's important to us to know what happens when you put our CEO's name in and, you know, is there a good story there or the agency or, or people um, that, that uh, our clients might work, work with. So we'll look at LinkedIn, we'll look at those places and make sure those touch points tell the story we want them to and, and uh, would, you know, inspire confidence in somebody that might work with us. You guys do a ton of that. You have to, huh? Same deal, yeah, right? Yeah. More important, you actually are going to meet some of these guys, you know, when they're coming into the office to, to talk about insurance and coverage and all. And I know I don't do it enough, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, especially on the captive side. So like you said, you can't brand what you're, the product that you're selling, but you yeah. can brand yourself. Sure. So, yeah. I think that's kind mm. of a. Yeah, we have that this dueling thing where it's like leverage the giant name, but at the same time, how do we differentiate ourselves, right? So we have to we have to battle with that, and then battle with compliance so that we're we're yep, all yep. legit, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're that's watching. why we collect no, we collect no revenue for this show. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, for Be sure. Very clear for anybody listening. <laughs> no revenue. With amazing no revenue. stories like that, you don't get paid. How? I know. <laughs> Think of, like we could monetize that story. <laughs> That's a good story. It's something else. <laughs> well, so you're going to the uh, you're going to go to the Derby, right? I'm actually not this year. We're, we've rented out our house um, on Airbnb. So, so where are you going? We're going to go to Cincinnati, and that's about an hour drive from here. Um, we found a dog friendly hotel, and we're going to see a Reds game, and you know, hang out. So should nice. be. Good. Yeah, against the Giants. I know you don't like them, so we'll, we'll be rooting no, for them. Please, root against them. Please, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worse. Yeah, kind of a, um accidental marketing story related to this Airbnb. So two years ago, um, one of our friends in the neighborhood rented their house and for, for Derby, and we were new to town. And uh, they told us how much they were getting. We're like, oh, my gosh, we should do that too. Um, and it was a – it was – <clears throat> their house is a little bigger than ours. I think they were getting 3000 a night. And I know, six bedroom or something. But what happens here is these hotels will be, a, you know, can be $700, $1,000 a night. So if you had a big enough group of people, you're actually probably saving money, but the numbers are out of control. And so Kim and I were like, well, God, we got to do that. So we got on Airbnb, Airbnb. It's probably three weeks before Derby, so probably a little too tight. And uh, made a listing, put it all up there. 
um, and we're watching and it's getting no traffic and you know, you know me doing this. I'm trying to book keywords in and do all this stuff. <laughs> the, the game, it's not working. And I call Airbnb. I'm like, this is weird. You know, we're all of our friends have, in the neighborhood have rented their house. Seems like we should be getting some looks. Is it broken? And they look and they're like, yeah, something's wrong. It's just not getting picked up. And, and it didn't work out. It was too close. And we kind of forgot about it. So two, three months ago, we're sitting at home and we both get a text message and it says, John is excited to come stay at your house on May whatever, you know, May 2nd, and, uh, and he has made his deposit. And we're like, what is that? And so we both get on there. Well, that listing had been up for two years. We didn't realize it. And it finally started working. And, and we looked at each other and we're like, well, should we do it? Yeah, why wouldn't we do it? So, so right now we've got some new people in our house. They've been there since 10 a.m. this morning, my time. So about six hours and... Uh, and uh, I'm looking on my ring um, uh, notifications. I see some activity in and out, but I don't, but there's no fire alert. So I think we're good. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I've rented them a million times, but uh, yeah, I own. So, so pretty exciting. That's so we'll, awesome, man. Yeah. 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 They'll, they'll enjoy Derby and all that's good. And who knows, maybe this is what we end up doing. So we did go to Derby though, our first year here and it was a lot of fun. So highly recommend it. Just rent out for the whole year, and you can just right. <laughs> if I could get that all year, trust me, we'd be doing a lot. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> good, pretty good revenue source. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, hey, dude, thank you, thank you so. Do you have anything else you want to ask him, Jason? Mm. No, I mean you're getting that, that glazy, that uh, glassy eye. I need a cup of coffee, man. I honestly, I just realized I haven't had one since this morning. I've been, I've been constantly. Oh, good. Oh, you got to keep that going. Yeah, I don't make it. Yeah. Your Insurance Dudes podcast is sponsored by Agency Vault, an industry leader in agency coaching, hiring and retaining top talent, and sales training with the seven step trusted advisor sales framework. Are you up for the challenge? For $99, you'll get 28 days of access and an opportunity to join our private platinum coaching group. For more information, navigate to www.agencyvault.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the insurance dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.